הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שבדורנו וכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שוכני עפר כתוב שבשבארץ המה ובפחד לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד עולם נחן ובמקור חוכמה רבנו נחמן וצגה נא נח נחמן נחמן מאומן זכותם תגן עלינו וכל ישראל אמן בעזרת השם today we're going to do three תורות starting with תורה קמ"א a very famous תורה um, specifically um, a תורה that we study during אלון but um, a תורה about תיקון הברית and specifically how to circumcise the heart. A very applicable lesson. Torah Kuf Mem Alef Im Yizkeh Sheargish Be'emet Ke'ev Chata'av If a person truly merits or is worthy of feeling the anguish caused by his sins, truly feeling this anguish, Hanuk She'amur Etona Lebavo Which means what? When a person circumcises the foreskin of his heart. Because Rabban was telling you off the get-go that you cannot truly feel the anguish of your sins unless you circumcise that foreskin. Because even your heart has a foreskin. He calls man shalibu ha'ghel be'atun because as long as your heart is uncircumcised and sealed up, it's impossible for you to truly, genuinely feel. Only whenever you begin to circumcise or when you circumcise that foreskin of the heart, and now you have a heart that is hollow or you have a hollowness within the heart. Then you will truly feel the magnitude of that uh, sin and the true pain of that sin. And then you'll truly feel sorrow and regret. And then because of the great regret that you feel all the hearts that exist to each and every drop of seed that was drawn from you will also feel that regret. Amen was telling us something huge. Um, that we see here that when a person um, gives over his seed, specifically a man, what happens is that seed has um, has a heart. We're going to see what this means. Amen is going to expand right now. All those hearts that were drawn from you will feel it also. They will feel this regret in the place in which they exist. Whether it was drawn from you, meaning whether that seed was drawn from you and became literally human offspring, your human offspring, basically your children. So, Rabban was telling you, when you truly circumcise the forcing of the heart, then the hearts of those that seed which was drawn from you will also feel it, will also feel that regret, and will also feel the pain of the sins. So, Rabban was telling you that even your physical children, when you do Teshuvah, when you begin to circumcise your heart, your children also feel it. As Rabban, um, after he told this Torah, um, he walked into his house with Rabbi Natan. And uh, his daughter, I believe Sarah, came to him and told, uh, and I, I told Rabban, I, I, f- I felt a real, real Hirur um, Teshuvah today. I felt real fear of Teshuvah. Or I felt a real thought of Teshuvah today, she told her father. And Rabbeinu looked at Rabbeinu and he said, You see? See what happens whenever the father truly feels um, a real spark of Teshuvah, what happens to their physical children. As we're going to see here, when this happened was on Rosh Chodesh Elul. So we're going to see here this idea. So, Rabbeinu continues, Rabbeinu tells you, obviously your children have a heart. But here's the chidush. 
Rabbeinu tells us that also those neshamot which you drew from that from your uh, from your seed, chaz v'shalom. God forbid when it's wasted. Rabbeinu is talking about maybe be spared from such sin. Rabbeinu is telling you that they too have a heart and they too have limbs. You create souls or you create neshamot that naked neshamot basically that also have limbs and a heart. And uh, when you do teshuvah, they also do teshuvah from the place in which they are. And this is a huge chidush. And then, so when you circumcise the heart, and you begin to feel the true pain of the heart, when you begin to truly um, feel sorrow and regret, then all the then all the hearts from your drops of seed will feel that. Uh, will feel that sorrow too. And it will become known to them that they are literally placed and put in the filthiest of places in in purgatory. Rabbanu is telling you that those neshamot which you create that aren't brought into the physical body aren't created into actual humans because of your sins. Rabbanu is telling you that they true to need to do teshuvah and they're placed in the lowest of places and uh, the only way they're awakened is whenever their father is awakened as well. Rabbeinu is telling you that before they understand where they are placed, before they understand they're in Shotachtiyot, before these naked souls or these uh, hearts understand that they're in this evil place, Rabbeinu tells you that on the surface level it seems, or at the beginning it seems that it's good for them. Because they actually wreak havoc on the world. These neshamot that you create when they aren't done in holiness, when, God forbid, a seed is, seed is wasted, they create a damaging angels. And they are literally meant to bring um, decrees on people and to cause damage to people, death, etc. This stuff is very, very um, scary. And uh, for more depth into it, Rabbeinu, who is a very, very... Um, who studied this book over four, about 410 times, I believe. The book Reshit Chochmah speaks a lot about this. Um, a very, very special book sourced in the, uh, the Zohar, etc. A book that speaks about the different levels of Gainam and the different sins, etc. And um, this sin of Gamabrit uh, um, brings those Neshamot into Shaw Tachtiot, etc. Lots of stuff happening. But Rabbeinu was telling you that on the surface level, before a person does Teshuvah, that seed which is drawn from that person thinks it's in a good place because they're damaging angels. And if they're damaging angels, then their resting place is in Sheol Tachtiot, the place of evil. So they don't think it's bad. Only afterwards, when their hearts are circumcised through the fact that their father's heart was circumcised, then they begin to feel where they really are, meaning they begin to feel regret. And they don't. They begin to have consciousness. They begin to see who they actually are, what they're made of. They begin to lament and to grieve. And they begin to, to grieve in this kin'ah. Um, and uh, they create... Um, and um, great noise is made among them. And this is why it says in Dvarim, Rabbanu is going to tell us, And Hashem, your God, will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants. Remember that phrase. Meaning, Hashem will circum when, um, whenever Hashem circumcised this person's heart, meaning, 
with the heart of this person, the heart of this, um, the hearts of his descendants will also be circumcised as well. And wherever that seed is, is um, wherever that seed spreads, wherever it goes, and I mean, Ben Adam, whether it becomes a physical human, then if it's a physical human, then certainly their this person's children, by the mere fact that his father, uh, that that this father of this seed did teshuva and circumcised his heart, then also that seed will feel that thought of repentance as well. And the same is true if it's drawn to a different place. God forbid. Then all those hearts will be circumcised as well and they will feel where they are. The most propitious time for this act is the month of Elul. Because look at this Chidush Rabban was telling us. Elul, the month of Elul, is an acronym for the phrase Et Levavcha Ve'et Levav. Et Levavcha Ve'et Levav. Take the first letters of that phrase. You have Aleph, Lamed, Vav, Lamed. You get Elul. Meaning that Hashem circumcises this man's heart and whatever heart which is dependent upon him. Whichever heart is dependent upon him. Wherever it's drawn to. Meaning, the heart of these drops, wherever, in whichever place they are, they are brought to. Whether it's physical human beings who were drawn from this person, or whether, God forbid, um, this seed went to a different place. And uh, created his spiritual children, basically those souls, those naked souls that need rectification. And they too are dependent upon him. And Rabbanu calls uh, these neshamot, his children as well. And this is why when a person passes away, Rabbanu tells us that these neshamot, these naked neshamot, walk behind the, the coffin. And they begin to lament over him, they begin to grieve. Literally, literally as if it's his physical children. As if it was human beings. They literally come. And they, they do this. They come and grieve. However, this. The fact that they go and they grieve after their father. It will be an awesome disgrace. And a great humiliation. May heaven have mercy. May heaven have mercy from such punishments as is known. All these punishments are brought um, in the Zohar, etc., different places. Um, the Gemara speaks about the Midrash, etc. There's lots of stuff. Um, we won't get too much into it, but we can see already how how much one can damage with the sin of blemishing the covenant. It would be spared from such a sin. Bizrat Hashem. Torah Kuf Membet. 142. Rabbeinu tells us, for someone who's who, has, who has an impossible time to study, it's impossible for this man to study, whether he's unlearned, or whether he has no book, or whether he's walking in the desert, so he has no material to study. But literally that his heart, whatever the situation is, it's just that his heart is burning within him. And he yearns constantly, or he's yearning tremendously to learn and to serve God. 
than that which the heart desires to study, this in itself is an aspect as if you study from the book itself. Rabbi is telling you, when you have no book in front of you or when you are in, a, in unavoidable circumstance that you can't study and your, your heart is on fire to study and you want to serve Hashem, it's as if you're studying from the book. Because we find in the world two types of tzaddikim that they speak to one another and they're super far from each other, literally hundreds and hundreds of miles. Meaning, this one tzaddik, what does this mean that these tzaddikim are conversing yet they're very far away? What is the conversing we're talking about? Meaning, one tzaddik relates a question in the Torah and the second tzaddik who's in a different place, he actually gives an answer to the question of the first tzaddik. And sometimes this one asks a question and the other one asks the same question. Or sorry, sometimes one tzaddik asks, asks a question and another one asks a different question. But actually the question um, of, the, of, an, of the other tzaddik is actually answering the question of, his, of the first tzaddik. So we see sometimes the question can be an answer. And this is how they speak and converse with one another. And this, no person can hear. Except for only God himself can hear this. Only God is, um, can hear these conversations. Then all those people who fear God will speak each man to his fellow. Meaning that they're not speaking to one another. Rather they're speaking automatically. By the mere fact that one is asking and one is answering. Meaning it's as if it's a conversation happening. But they're not literally speaking. And this no creature can hear except for God. And this is why it says in the verse. That God hearkened and he heard it. Because only he, God, knows this and hears this. And he attaches both of these tzaddikim's words to one another and he writes them in the book of memory. In the book as a memory. This is why it says in the verse, and he wrote it in the book of memory. So we see that Hashem writes it in his book. In which there are words of the Chachamim are written upon this book. This represents the heart that exists, the supernal heart above. The heart that exists up there. It's over there that their words are written. Meaning the word is written in a book, but what's this book concept? It's the heart up there. What does that mean? Write them on the tablets of your heart. We see that the writing takes place on the heart. And this person's heart who's burning within his midst and desires to study, it's just that it's impossible for him. He actually receives a heart from this supernal heart, which is this aspect of this book of memory, as we saw above. And from there, his heart receives or Uh, and from there he receives his heart's yearning from the supernal heart from the book of memory and this is literally the aspect of studying from the book and this is why it said in the verse and he wrote it 
as a book of memory before him, for God. To those who fear God and to those who contemplate his name. That's the end of the verse. Even one. Um, even if a person wanted to do mitzvah and thought to do mitzvah and he, was, he had an unavoidable circumstance and couldn't do it. The verse brings about him, this person. It's as if he did it. Because this in itself, that his heart is yearning and thinking to do this thing, but it's impossible for him, is literally considered as if he did it. Because he's receiving his passion from the heart up above. What's the heart from above? The supernal heart. This is the book of memory. So we see the, the passion which is in your heart stems from the, book, from the heart um, from above. And that heart from above is an aspect of this book of memory. So it's as if your heart is in this aspect of a book already. And this is why it says in the verse, And he wrote it in the book of memory before those who before him. Hashem to those who fear God, to those who contemplate his name. Meaning, Meaning this book of memory which is created through these two tzadikim, is in is for the purpose of those who fear God and who contemplate His name. Meaning what? Those people, those people who desire and yearn to do a mitzvah, to do a commandment, to study Torah, it's just that they have obstacles and uh, unavoidable circumstances. They cannot study. So what do they receive through that? Their strong passion within their heart. They receive through their passion, from this book above, which is um, this aspect of the heart. And this is why Abraham, who is the leader of all the converts, he did not have anyone to study from. And he only had a heart. That he really thought, sorry, that he really had passion to serve God. He also received from that passion the supernal heart. <clears throat> he also received, because of that passion, he received the supernal heart, which is called a Sefer Zikaron. And Abraham there were no tzaddikim alive. And it was written upon the heart that which was renewed that which the souls renewed and created novelties with before creation, meaning within that heart that existed at Avraham Avinu's time, the supernal heart, were written inside there all the chidushim, all the novelties of Torah that were written by the souls before the world was even created because there was no Torah even before then. So we see here that when Avraham received the heart, which heart was he receiving? Because we know the heart has the, the book, and the writing of the book, the, the teaching of tzaddikim. But there were no tzaddikim before uh, at the time of Avraham Avinu. So what was written on the heart? Aben was telling you all the chidushim which the neshamot produced before the world existed. This is why Abraham Avinu, Abraham our forefather, is called Tzur, rock. Look at the rock whence you were honed, whence you were hewn, sorry. Whence you were established, Ze Abraham. As it says, 
This is Avraham Avinu. Who's the rock? This is Avraham. Rashi explains over there. Because what does the rock represent? Why does the rock represent Avraham? What does the rock symbolize? The rock of my heart, it says in Tehillim. Meaning that Avraham Avinu merited this supernal heart. Because Avraham Avinu only had a burning heart for God. Yeah, no teachers. This is why all converts are named after Avraham. And they are called the nobles of the nations. The nation of the God of Avraham. In an aspect of what it says in Shemot. In Sefer Shemot. A generous heart. Which is applied in the words. The nobles and generosity. These two concepts put together. Because all these converts only have what their hearts are yearning for. Their, their hearts yearning for God. They didn't really have teachers. They discovered God with their burning of their heart. Just like Avraham Avinu. So we see that they're called Avraham by the fact um, that, they, that they are the essence of this heart. Last Torah of the day, Kuf Mem 143. We're going to see about the great value of the one who receives advice from the wise man of the generation. How important this is. Because Rabbeinu tells us that actually the value of receiving advice from the wise man of the generation is in order to sweeten judgments. When you receive advice from a wise man, the wise tzaddik of the generation, it's hamtakata dinim, it's sweetening of the judgments. Because when a person needs a piece of advice and he doesn't know what to do, this is an aspect of tzimtzum, constriction. Because his mind is constricted, it's not expanded. He doesn't have the answer. He doesn't know, not know what to do. And this is the aspect of judgment as it is known. In the Holy Zohar. But the mere fact that this wise man is giving this man advice, he amplifies the issue and he illuminates within him this man wisdom. And this is an aspect of chasadim, loving kindness. Because chesed, loving kindness, is the light of wisdom. God is the light of wisdom. And we know that Kel is a reference to Chesed. How do we know this? So if God, if Kel is the light of wisdom, the name Kel, of, the name of God, which is called Kel, um, represents the light of wisdom. Now what does Kel mean? The loving kindness of Kel is all day. So we see that Kel represents Chesed. Because chesed comes from kel, and kel is where the light of wisdom comes from. So we see that chesed is the root of loving, uh, of uh, wisdom. Or it's an aspect of wisdom. Gamktiv, it also says, Teshua berov yo'et. It says in Mishle, Teshua, salvation is found, berov yo'et, in the multitude of advisors. And what does multitude mean? The tzaddik. Tzaddik is called Rav Meni. Moshe, I did the nafish dechute. Moshe, because his merit was so great, he was considered like the many. He was considered like many, many people. Also, if a person 
receives advice from the tzaddik, even if this, uh, even if things didn't work well from his advice, then he should know that this was only from Hashem. This was Hashem's plan. Uh, but if it was not, but if you did not receive advice from the tzaddik, he would have possibly suffered misfortune without a decree from above. Meaning that he himself drew it upon himself. Meaning that it's not necessarily Hashem who decided so. You, with your own free will, basically brought that misfortune upon yourself. Why? Because you did not, fall, you did not go to the advice of, from the tzaddik to go do whatever you went to do. So, Rabban was telling you, when you are not sure what to do, Go to the tzaddik and get the advice from there because even if it does not turn out well, then you know that it's Hashem who decided so and you can rely on Hashem's thing. But then when you don't get advice from the tzaddik and something um, can come out from it bad, know that it's actually because you didn't do what you were necessarily supposed to do. That the foolishness of man perverts his way and his heart rages against God. Meaning his own foolishness perverted his way. He didn't know which way to go. And then his heart rages against God. However, if a person received the advice of Tzaddik, know that actually the ruling is, um, that this is only from the ruling up above. Meaning, whatever happens as a result of that is literally because the way Hashem decides. And up there in the Shammai, this is the way they decreed it. But you did all that you could. Whereas if you don't go to the Tzaddik before, then there was something missing from your act. And that brings down Dinim from down here, which doesn't come necessarily from the best place. So, Rabban was telling us, um, let's rely on the holy tzaddikim and go to them for advice. And it doesn't necessarily mean a tzaddik who's alive. This means a tzaddik who's considered chayim, as it says in the Gemara, that uh, the tzaddikim, nikhaim chayim, they're always called alive. And the reshaim, even when they're literally physically alive, they're called dead. So the reshaim, even when they pass away, they're alive. Sorry, the tzaddikim, when they pass away, they're alive. The righteous people, even when they're dead, they pass alive. They're, they're alive. They're considered alive. And we can receive the advice from them, from their sfarim. So, may we go with the advice of Rabbeinu and uh, take his advice the way it is, in simplicity, to follow the advice in simplicity, so that the way Hashem decides is the way it occurs.